Hey, my beloved baddies, you know, they always say good things come in threes. And I really wholeheartedly believe that. So number one, welcome to Leo season. Are we so happy it's here? Um, you know what? Love a cancer sign, love a water sign, love a time to get in touch with our emotions and to get down in the depths a little bit. But that's enough of that. <laughs> I think we've all had a little bit too much of that, enough of it during this Mercury period. So let's be so thankful and have gratitude for everything we experienced during cancer season. At the same time, opening up our arms for the warmth and the fire of Leo season, because I'm already feeling it. I, I'm loving it. It's burning up inside me. I am hot. I am warm. And not in the horrible go outside and just immediately melt into a puddle sense, but in the sense that I just feel vibrant and I feel alive. And, uh, like I can do whatever I want, which <laughs> is kind of my motto all the time anyway, but I'm feeling that extra energy right now. Um, you know, so our last fire season was Aries and I personally was feeling pretty aggressive during that time. I had a real fight me energy about me. <laughs> so I was kind of curious about how it was going to show back up when we got to Leo, but thank goodness it's really been more of, um, you know, make me. Not so much a square up, but more of a, I'm going to do what I want. I'm feeling independent. I'm feeling confident. I'm feeling like I don't have to take anyone's mess or drama if it doesn't pay my bills. And even if it does, I'm still going to push back a little bit. So I hope you're also having a really beautiful reception to uh, Leo finally being here. I'm so excited. It's lions, baby. It's honestly, if I wasn't, I'm not even going to say that. I was going to say if I wasn't a Pisces, I want to be a Leo. But I don't even know if I want to be a Pisces most of the time. So I would want to be a Leo. Um, yeah, I'm going to walk in my truth and admit that. I just love Leo so much. I think they're actually my favorite sign in the beautiful Zodiac. Okay, so that was one. Welcome to Leo season. Number two, welcome to the last week of Mercury being in retrograde. Let's all just let's breathe it out. Let's release. Oh, my goodness. Um, okay, so I'm going to be the annoying one again and be like, this has been a really great two and a half weeks for me so far, I have hit a stride. I am thriving like I haven't in about eight, nine months. So, you know, I've been talking very openly about how my Instagram career, my my, my non-witchy world career just hit a stop. It hit a wall. And all of a sudden, Mercury goes retrograde and here come these campaigns that I've been like, hey, where have you guys been for the past nine months? Uh, yeah, so I'm doing great, which I'm very thankful for again. And like in that cancer season, just trying to show so much gratitude and be so present in the fact that things are going really, really well. And actually I want to have a little talk about anxiety in just a minute, but I'm just glad Mercury retrograde is almost over for everyone else because I have just seen complete and utter madness between, I mean, I know I talked about how I was just seeing people around me kind of lose their minds and implode or explode, whichever is the right one to use in this situation. Cause a lot of it were people like pushing very much outward. And then a lot of it was people just kind of melting down, which you, you hate to see it, honestly. Um, and I don't know, people have just been having freak accidents and freak weather events and, you know, kind of just, we've been talking about this in the Facebook for a little bit of just the air is being let out of the tires kind of now, like everything got too full and too plumped up and it was just too much. And now they're just releasing, releasing, releasing. So maybe in this last week and going into the shadow period afterwards, we'll have a 
that breathe out moment, right? And we're going to start releasing all of this insane energy that's been around. So I'm going to guesstimate again that because I went in cautiously optimistic, emphasis on caution, and because I got my ass absolutely kicked back in March, that I hit a stride on this one. Um, who knows what will happen in the next one when it hits in Samhain? We shall see. But I definitely from now on am going to try to keep that cautious optimism as opposed to imposing dread, which is what I usually enter it with. Um, and just for me personally, and let me know if you relate to this. When I talk about like this eight, nine month period where I just felt like I was stuck, I've just been feeling so stuck. It was actually in the middle of the week when I'm, um, I'm sorry, the weekend when I'm thinking about like what I want to talk about for the week. I really wanted to bring up that I just feel stagnant and I feel stuck. And I do feel like even though everything is so full of air, like the tires are too full, there was no fresh air coming in. And at some point creeping into Leo season, this fresh air finally kicked in. And instead of feeling like I was, I, it almost feels like I was in a cube of ice. I, like, I got frozen into a cube of ice and this fire came in and it started melting away and I could move again. So uh, if you've been experiencing that same thing, I don't know if it's a Pisces thing. I don't know if it's a year of 32 thing. I don't know if it's a, a witch experience that we've all been kind of experienced, a witch experience we've all been experiencing. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if it's just a witch thing that we've all been kind of going through. But if you have, and you have any theories or explanations as to why, please let me know. Because it was at its strongest point, I feel, right before it's stopped right before it ended. And I felt like there was movement again. So yeah, let a witch know. Uh, and finally, last but not least, six minutes in number three, welcome to bad witch podcast, <laughs> the podcast where we are going to get our witch together one spell at a time. And I do mean one spell at a time, because if you did your homework, you should have gotten deep into those herbs this week. If you made a salve, if you made a potion, if you just rubbed some lavender on your face, whatever you did, let me know. Um, send me an email, thebadwitchpodcast at gmail.com. Tell me in the Facebook group, tweet me, send me, send me a DM on Instagram. I am chow underscore Mickey on Twitter and chow Mickey on Instagram. If you want to find me there, you can reach me in numerous ways, but I want to know what you did. I am so into how witches express themselves, right? We all are part of a coven and we're all a community, but we're all individuals still. And it's okay that we exist as those individuals and we just have things that are going to make us different. So I would absolutely love to know what you did. I personally did a floor wash. I maybe got a little, a little bit heavy handed with the cinnamon. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. My floor is absolutely reeking of Christmas right now because I think I did pine and cinnamon together. Cause I was like, good luck protection, money, let's get it popping. So it smells like Christmas, which isn't a bad thing. You know, I, I love a Yule scent, if you will, but I was maybe a little bit heavy handed. I think I was too enthusiastic about the herbs. I was obviously very hyped about that episode. So that's what I did. So yeah, let me know what you did. I'm really um, excited to hear. And I want to know if you have worked with herbs before. Did you you know, kind of dabble with ones that you aren't the most comfortable or most familiar with. And if you've never done it before, what were you drawn to? You know, was it that when I was talking about the ginger that absolutely stood out to you? Was it the catnip? Like, be honest. Because I'm still kind of trying to wrap my head around the fact that catnip is so badass. <laughs> and that's what I actually need to grab and start working with. So uh, yeah, just share it with me. Tell me what you did. 
And if you have a little formula, formula, potion that you, formula, what am I, a science expert now? <laughs> Clearly not. Um, a potion that you kind of wrote out on your own or a spell that you wrote out on your own using certain herbs. I would love if you feel comfortable um, to write it down and share it with the Facebook group or, you know, if you want to email it to me, I'll be happy to read it out. Especially because so many of you listening to this, well, that I've talked to, <laughs> I know are green and kitchen witches. I would love to be able to share your expertise because that's not mine. I can tell you how to go out and do your own like little mermaid thing in the ocean and talk to Yamanya and all that. And, you know, call on the sea turtles to help you do your spell. <laughs> but I can't really give you an, give you as an in-depth peek into being that kitchen witch or green witch and coming up with your own recipes and coming up with, you know, what herbs really work in conjunction with each other or what one really stands out to you. So yeah, if you have any, you would like to share, you know, magic and being a witch is a personal thing, but it's also a community thing. So I would never be like, you have to tell me what spells you're using and you have to give them to me for me to share with everyone. Of course not. Some can be totally intimate and personal and that is totally fine. But if you're comfortable sharing and you are a greener kitchen witch or you just started doing it after the episode and you were like, yeah, this is, I, I have found it. This is my thing. And you want to share it, please do, because I would love to be able to give it to the community since it doesn't happen to be my exact brand of witchiness. Okay, so before we deep dive into our topic this week, which, you know, I feel like it's going to be such a long episode, but what else is new? <laughs> I wanted to talk about anxiety. Fun. I know. Let's definitely keep this good momentum going. <laughs> but I have been noticing it just kind of pouring out of people. And of course, I definitely put it with us coming out of cancer season where you feel everything way more than usual. And, you know, if you're an empath, those senses are kicking in even more. And if you aren't, it's still kicking in because that's, it's just an emotional time. And with this mercury being altogether brutal, uh, just from what I've been observing and hearing from other people, I wanted to talk about anxiety because I feel like it really has heightened a lot. And I've been getting a lot more messages than usual, which I adore. Always message me. Do not ever feel shy about it. I am here for you. I am your witch godmother. Um, I am Mickey Cecilia, mother of baddies, so don't worry about it. But there's been a lot of anxiety, whether it be real life stuff, something that's going on with my work, something that's going on with my relationship. And this, this two and a half weeks so far has annihilated me. And I just don't know how much more I can take. And it's been anxiety with the witch stuff. You know, it's been, did I accidentally curse someone? Did I put out a spell that reverberated in a bad way? Have I, you know, lost some of my magic because I did this binding or I did, oh, we're going to talk about binding, by the way. We're going to do a whole episode on that in the not too distant future. But um, back back to anxiety. <laughs> Have I, uh, you know, I froze someone out and it didn't go right way, the right way. I did a cord cutting and then the person contacted me. There's just a lot of anxiety and fear and a little, I will say a little bit of a perpetuation of victimhood going on, which I'm not saying is necessarily something that is like an awful crime. You know, we all get into spaces where when you're going through a lot of stuff, you're going to pity yourself because hell, who, who else is going to do it? You know, if no one else, I'm going to feel bad for myself because I'm experiencing a lot right now. And so I'm not, I'm not wagging my finger at anyone and being like, you know, maybe if you're facing all of these different things, it's time to look inward a little bit, 
But I know that that helps me. Instead of me going, why is this happening to me? Why everything is just falling apart? I'm so anxious. Like everything's ramping up. I'm about to fall apart. Sometimes it helps me to stop and say, okay, well, what can I do about it? What can I control in this situation? How can I be stronger? How can I contribute to this turning around? And so because I'm just seeing so many people being so anxious and anxieties are like flaring, which again, I totally understand because the last, this Mercury and retrograde period has been out of control. Like, I don't know who told it to come here and act like this, but it needs to go back where it came from. We did not welcome in any of this energy. So yeah, I totally understand why people are kind of feeling a little bit of out, not even a little bit. It's a lot of outward blame. You know, when we experience Mercury retrograde. It's like, this is Mercury's fault. I got a flat tire. It's Mercury's fault. My nail broke. It's Mercury's fault. Uh, I chipped a nail. It's Mercury's fault. I, I'm fighting with my boyfriend. It's Mercury's fault. I'm gonna be honest. Some of it is Mercury's fault, but sometimes it's us too. So I wanted to share a goddess who was, who's been speaking to me. Actually, I, I said her name in last week's podcast. She came up around catnip. Oh my God. Is catnip like everything to me? <laughs> I think I'm having a revelation that catnip is like very important to my witch journey. <laughs> but yeah, when talking about catnip, I talked about her. And so she's really been with me this whole week. So I wanted to share with all of you. I wanted to share her message because we're all anxious and the anxiety is ramping up and we do have one more week to get through. And that Leo season, as beautiful and brilliant and bright as it is, it is fiery and it can cause a lot of intensity. And that can be good intensity or bad intensity, right? It's always a balance. <laughs> We're always just trying to stay on top of it and not fall on either side. So yeah, I wanted to share her message. So even though things are out of our hands and out of our circumstances, out of the circumstances are out of our control to some extent, there are things that we can control. And there are ways that we don't have to frame ourselves in victimhood and we can look at our own strength. And something I, I put on Facebook the other day, it wasn't in the group, it was my first one. But it was basically like, hey, are you going to like listen to all these lessons that we learned during Mercury and retrograde and the universe teaches us? Or are we going to keep repeating the same mistakes forever and be miserable into perpetuity? So <laughs> I had a little bit of that energy going. I think this goddess has really been channeled. I've really been channeling her for the last little bit. But let's talk about Sekhmet. I hope to goddess I'm pronouncing her name correctly. I will spell it for you. It is S-E-K-H-M-E-T. In all of my knowledge of uh, ancient Egypt and the god and goddess systems, I believe I'm saying Sekhmet cor correctly. Um, I did want to be an Egyptologist for a while as a child. I think we all did. I actually wanted to be one until I had to read the Egyptian game, which was a very boring book I had to read in fifth grade. And I was like, never mind. Never mind. And then I really understood how hot Egypt is and how much sand and scorpions you have to deal with when you're down in the pyramids. And I was like, you know, there's probably a better path for me. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. So we have Sekhmet and her message. So I'm reading off of my uh, Doreen Virtue, 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 you know what I mean. A goddess guidance oracle deck, the one I always use, the one I always reference, the one I use in the readings if you are on Patreon. By the way, Patreon, come get your readings. <laughs> come get your readings, y'all. Before the month is over, we can always roll them over, but don't be shy. Message me anytime. Okay, so Sekhmet. And then the little header right underneath her name is B strong. If you are a Bethany Frankel fan of, of Real House of New York fame, she also has something called Be Strong. And I'm a Bethany stan unapologetically, as you know about me, please don't stop listening to this podcast. I can't help myself. But Be Strong, it's a great message, no matter who it's coming from. Mostly. Okay. <laughs> and then under her picture, this is the message that is like the initial message of the card. You are stronger than you think you are and your strength assures a happy outcome. Let's focus on strength. That's kind of where I'm trying to get 
with wanting to share her with you. So I'm going to read um, her message. See yourself as strong and victorious. Don't complain about anything. Don't blame anyone or any condition. Like, like Mercury in retrograde. <laughs> You're the embodiment of strength, not victimhood. As you rise above the old tendencies and see yourself in this new light of beautiful, feminine, or masculine, or any strength, doesn't just have to be feminine, your life will automatically shift in miraculous ways. You'll attract new opportunities, hell yeah, forms of abundance, gimme, and relationships to help you manifest your highest potential. Being strong means seeing yourself in the most favorable light you can imagine. Yes, please. You all, I don't think, know because we don't get to have like face-to-face interactions how much I love you all and how much I care about you all and how much I support you all and think you are all bad ass witches and I want you to believe in yourself and love yourself the way that your mama witch does because my little baby baddies can do anything finally be real be real be real where am I from allow yourself to feel genuine emotions hello cancer season but most of all be strong Oh, what a message, right? And I think that we can all use that right now. It is so easy to get bogged down in repetition. It is so easy to get bogged down in those old poisonous habits that we all have, those tendencies that we repeat and repeat and repeat. And like insane people, we expect a different outcome. Well, guess what, sis? You're not getting a different outcome during the same things. Same and different are not the same conditions, you know? And so I I just feel like we all needed that message. I... It's so easy to be like, why is this happening to me? This is everyone else's fault but my own. This is Mercury's fault. It's the moon's fault. It's Leo's fault. (laughs) It's it's everyone's fault. You know, and in a cosmic sense, we blame things. But also in a real world sense, we blame things. And sometimes it is others to blame. You know, I'm absolutely not saying if something is going on with you that it's your fault. Absolutely not. I'm saying that with Sekhmet and this message and what I've just really been feeling lately is that it's up to me to change my perspective as much as I can. It's up to me to be as strong as I can and to not, even if I'm in a situation that isn't of my own doing and at my own hands, to not let myself just sit there and let that thing define me and not make it my identity. You know, I'm stronger than that. You're all stronger than that. So just try to find that strength inside you because you all are strong and you're all beautiful and you're all miraculous and amazing and full of magic. And I want so much good for you. And we deserve good. We know that. We should be saying it every single day, not just every single week. And embrace that inner strength that you have. And let that fire, that Leo season fire kind of stoke up in you. Because I believe that you all have it. And I, I don't want you to be victim to Mercury retrograde or to anything else that is just giving you the business right now. The business, is that how you use that phrase? Giving you the business? Sounds kind of dirty. <laughs> well, you know giving you just shit to deal with. You know, we're all stronger than that. We can all overcome it. And you know what? If you're not feeling so strong all the time, that's okay. We don't all feel strong and we don't all indulge. I mean, we do sometimes all indulge in feeling and wanting to be victims. Like we want to just have that moment of being like, God, poor me. It's just poor me. And I, I wouldn't say make it a habit. I wouldn't say make it a personality trait. Like some... I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to talk about celebrities (laughs) right now. I already talked about Bethany Frankel. I wouldn't make it a part of my personality or my identity, but I think it also is kind of healthy to take that time to wallow just a tiny bit because if you try also, like the other hand of this is if you try also to always be so strong and so put together, 
then you're going to crumble at some point. You have to, again, let the air out of the tires. So I believe that you're all strong and beautiful and amazing and that you really are in control of yourself. You know, we can't control other people. We can't control the world around us. I wish. If I could just get like a little executive power, you know what I mean? <laughs> I think I could make the world a better place. But we can be in control of ourselves. So I am wishing you strength through this last little bit of Mercury Retrograde. I'm wishing you strength as 2019 has just not been your year because I know we all have it in us. And I think knowing that we all have it in us and knowing that we have people we can kind of borrow it from too. You know, like if you need to turn to me or you need to turn to someone else in the coven that you've made an a attachment to, absolutely. We're here to lend strength to each other and kind of bolster it and restore it. You know, we support each other and we love each other. This is so gushy. Sorry. <laughs> So let me give you the meanings of the card and then we are going to do our Patreon shout outs and then we are going to get into our topic this week. So the meanings of the card are don't underestimate yourself. Do not, do not underestimate yourself. And this is particularly because I've gotten a few messages about spells not going exactly how people want them to or um, not backfiring, but kind of landing on the ground in like a thud, you know, <laughs> just it just kind of landed there and nothing really became of it. Don't underestimate yourself. That doesn't mean you're a bad witch. I mean, we're bad witches, but it doesn't mean you're bad at being a witch. It doesn't mean your magic is weak. It just means that maybe you need to reset your intention. Maybe there's something even subconsciously or unconsciously that's going on that the intention didn't quite have the magic and manifestation that you intended it to. Maybe, maybe you're sending out and saying out one thing, but your mind and your heart and your spirit are saying something else. Maybe you simply just didn't have the right tools you needed, you know? Um, for example, doing a cord cutting, I try to do them visually. Sometimes they work. Sometimes I, if that connection is generational and not even generational, but like through what's it, how are you? Yeah, that's generational through like centuries of time from the beginning of the earth itself. I got to get the scissors out. I got to get an actual sharp implement. I got to get a red cord. I got to burn it with fire. Like I have to hit it and hit it and hit it. So it's not that my powers aren't as strong as I thought they were. And it's not that my intention wasn't set the way I thought it was and that I'm just bad at this and I should give up. It's that I just had to adjust, you know, life is all about making adjustments. So don't underestimate yourselves. Don't yield to pressure or temptation. Well, that's hard. <laughs> and I really believe with segment with this card, there is so much temptation to want to be like, Poor me. Why is this happening to me? Me, 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 me. Trust me. I, I love me. <laughs> I love to center and focus things on me. But it's, it's so much easier to say, let me kind of like be the victim of this situation as opposed to, and I, I'm trying to, I'm kind of like hesitant to say the word victim. That's the word that's used in the book. So in fact, it's going to, no, it's not going to come up again, but that's the word that's used in the book. But because I don't want it to come off as like victim shaming. Of course, there's absolutely victims and or survivors of situations where you are allowed to feel and process however you want. But I'm talking about things that are like getting a traffic ticket. I remember when I first moved to LA, I got a ticket for texting and driving or for holding my phone. I think that's the law there. I don't know. I just know I never picked up my phone again after that. Um, and I was not texting. I was picking up my phone to pull up ways because LA is huge and the traffic's crazy and it was rush hour and there was, I was on the freeway and there was a bunch of freeways and they're all terrible. Lovely city. Love it so much, but uh, it sucks to drive there, you know? And the cop saw me pull it up. He pulled me over. 
And uh, four months after that, if not years, I, I just let it eat away at me. Just thinking like, oh, why didn't he just let me go? Like I showed him what I was doing. Why was he like, oh, I understand. Like get a, you get a pass. Just, you know, don't do it again. Why did he put me in a situation? Well, see, I was just about to say that. I was just making myself a victim of it. Why did I put myself in the situation to get busted doing it, you know? But for years, I was like, if I wouldn't have gotten that ticket, I would still have that money. I wouldn't have this point on my um, driver's license. So my insurance wouldn't have gone up. I would have a lower rate. It would just make my life so much easier. And just like months, if not years, just revisiting this incident over and over and over again. And finally, I had to be like, girl, if you wouldn't have picked up your phone next to the cop, you know, no matter how you feel about it at the end of the day, you're not allowed to do that. And so this is what happened. There was a repercussion for it. And so you're not a victim because you got caught doing something that's against the law, which I'm pretty sure it is. You can't even hold your phone. I'm almost certain. Um, so yeah, but I was letting it eat away at me. Like I was, I had anxiety about it. I was like, like, not obviously looking for the cop, but every time I see a cop, I'd be like, I wonder if that's the one that gave me the ticket. <laughs> like, you know, like just, I couldn't let it go. And I was putting myself in the position of being a victim to that incident, but I did the incident. So after that, like I said, I don't think I ever held my phone again. I would set my thing. When, well, also, you know, I got to know LA obviously a lot better. So I wasn't in a position where I had to be like, where the hell am I? Where do I go? I just want to get home. But I never picked up my phone again. I never texted and drive again, drove again. And even, you know, like I drive in different countries now. I make sure I have all that stuff set up, even if it's not against the law there, because it's, you know, very, very dangerous. But I couldn't like for a long time realize that I was making myself the victim of the situation and being like, why did he do this to me? As opposed to being like, yeah, I did this. I had to own up to it. I had to pay for it. And I learned a lesson and it would have been cool if he would have let me off. But, you know, he just wasn't going to at that time. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. He wasn't trying to help me out, but that's okay. Because at the end of the day, I'm fine. It ha it was an incident that happened. It didn't take more than 15 minutes, but I let myself dwell on it for so, so, so long because I was just like, how could this happen to me? And it's a traffic ticket. There are so many worse things, unfortunately, that can happen interacting with police. Um, you know, and I want to at one hand be like, I'm really fortunate that nothing worse happened, but also I sh don't want to act like that should even be in the realm of possibility. Like I shouldn't be fortunate that nothing worse happened. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, instead of just like, okay, this happened, mo mope about it for a day or two, you know, I shouldn't have picked up my phone. I know that now I should have at least been aware of my surroundings. If I was going to pick up my phone, to be honest, because I still was trying to get home and I still had to pull it back up while I was like parked. I don't even know where I was, where I got off the interstate. I was so new. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I could have taken a couple of days to mope about it and been like, okay, it, it's time to let it go. You know, it's some, it sucks, but it's time to let it go. But yeah, I held on to it for a really, really, really long time. And the only thing that did was make me feel like, oh, something happened to me. And it made me feel like, I was miserable about it. And I'm sure that cop never gave me a second thought. I'm sure I never, ever crossed his mind again, you know? But to me, it just was something that was eating away at me. So that's what I mean about if it's just kind of incidents like that, like what can we do to not be like, oh, this happened to me and I'm the victim of this. And how do we reframe that when we're not, it's not necessarily something that happened to us, but it's something that we were involved in. Does that kind of make sense? You know, I'm just, I'm trying to be careful about making it sound victim shaming because I'm absolutely 
not interested in doing that. I, I don't want anyone to feel ashamed if they have legitimately, if they feel legitimately that they have been in a situation that, that they were the victim of, you know? So I'm trying to be careful of that. But yeah, let's just try to not fall into the temptation of that because it can be very, very tempting. I, even now, even though I have moved past it and I've told myself, okay, you got to let it go. Even now talking about getting that ticket, I'm a little like, I can feel my anxiety racing a little bit. Like, I mean, I know we're talking about being an anxious time, but I can feel myself getting a little worked up about it. Um, you know, not emotional, but kind of like, yeah, he really didn't have to give me that ticket. Like he could have been real, he could have been cool and not uncool as Luann would say, but I'm not going to fall into that temptation of doing it. I'm going to be like, you know, I'm strong and I did not pick up my phone anymore. So yeah, you know, sometimes, sometimes things happen, but hopefully it's a situation where we can change our perspective on it and not let it bog us down because we do have so many things that legitimately will bog us down in life, you know, that are legitimately can be really hard to cope with. So I try to just keep those little things at bay. Anyway, all that to say, the next being is avoid complaining and indulging in negative thinking. I think we fully just covered that. Truly, like, what more can I say? <laughs> just shared a very long story about a ticket. That clearly is still affecting me a little bit. But you know what, I'm making the conscious decision to be strong, and to not indulge in, in freaking myself out about it again. And um, the final meaning, which I think is a personal take to me right now, is engage in weight training exercises to make your body stronger. So <laughs> when I get this card for people, I try to be like, hey, in no way is this like, you know, trying to be body shaming or trying to be like a critique on your looks or your physicality or your physique or anything. But when our bodies are strong and our mind is strong and our practice is strong and our spirituality is strong, we do all that comes together to kind of just make us function at a really optimum, wonderful level. So I'm going to, I'm going to personally take that message into account because Lord knows it's been too hot and I haven't been doing anything. <laughs> But yeah, it's not saying you have to look perfect or be perfect or any, like, you know, we, if this podcast does nothing else, it should just eschew the belief or the thought that there's a perfect way to be a witch. There's not a perfect way to be a witch. There's not a perfect way to be a person. So you don't have to have a perfect body or a perfect practice or a perfect mind or a perfect belief or perfect potions or anything like that. It's just, you know, get yourself to a place where you're feeling healthy and strong all over. And that strength can come from inside and from outside and be outside. and you'll just find that magic does work a little bit better when you're feeling good, when you feel good about yourself, not how society tells you to feel, not how other people tell you to feel. It's how you feel, you know, it's that strength is inside you. And that strength is about you. You are strong as a person and has nothing else to do with what anyone else says. So yeah, I just wanted to start share segment two S words together. Not easy for me. And let's do our Patreon shout outs. And we have a new patron. This, I'm telling you, Mercury has been so great to me this time. I don't know what I did, but it's been treating me so well because it kind of slowed down for a second. Now we have all these awesome new patrons. So a very special thank you to Becca, to Adele, to Shannon, to Maya, to Aurora, to Celine, to Lindsay, to Alicia, to Nalling. I'm getting really confused by saying two so much. <laughs> to Heidi, to Stephanie, to Lena, to Sasha, to Brett, to Elizabeth, to Aaron, to Carla, to Sola, and to Amanda. Last but certainly not least, thank you so much. You are the light of my lives. You are my moon and my stars, as I think is the quote from Game of Thrones, but I don't know because I still never watched the last uh, episode because I just, I can't. 
I can't. I mean, I can because I don't feel that much tied up in anymore, but I can't because I know what they did. And also they knew what they did and I'm not having it. Okay. So I know I was talking about last week, or at least I think it was last week, where I wanted everyone, well, not everyone, but if people wanted to uh, send in their witch kid stories and we could kind of put an episode together and talk about it. So I didn't get that many, which is totally fine. You can keep sending them in. Please do. I absolutely love reading them because it's it runs the gamut from like hilarious and I'm so tickled to like, this is amazing and so touching that even as a kid, you had these powers. But it made me think, we've never done an episode so far so far in the years and years this podcast has been on. <laughs> but as of yet, we haven't done an episode where we talk about, you know, what are the signs that you are a witch? And this is something that's kind of been churning in the back of my mind since I started the podcast, because I found this article about two years ago. In fact, I went back to look for it today and it was gone. <laughs> but I found one that was very, very close because it's an article that's really stuck with me. And since we talked about palm readings, also, I think last week where I scammed my fifth grade class into thinking I could do it because I really wanted a boy named John to like me back. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't, my scam sort of worked. It didn't really work till college, but then it really worked. <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, there is an article I found that talks about the literal symbols that you can see in your palm that denote a natural born witch. And so I wanted to talk about kind of the physicality, like the physical signs that we have, and then the other signs that we have. I guess I call them abstract signs, because uh, it's not something that's like, you know, on our person. But yeah, I thought it'd be really fun to kind of deep dive that and look at our palms for one, and then to look at all the other signs. Because I know for not everyone, some of us are more experienced witches, and we've been at this for a while, and we know a lot. And some of us are baby witches and some of us are questioning if we're witches at all. I'm going to tell you right now, if you're listening to this podcast, you're a witch because having an interest in witchcraft to any degree denotes some kind of link to it. So welcome. If you've made it this far, I promise you, you are a witch. Even if you don't totally feel it yet, or you feel like you're a baby witch and you're just getting it going. Hi, you're a witch. Surprise. <laughs> you ended up here. And you know why you ended up here and that's the reason. But yeah, I want to start with the palm because it's going to take a little while to kind of read through all of it. Y'all, I'm going to be doing a lot of reading. Just, you know, let's, let's all just take a moment and hope that I don't totally jumble up my words. A woman. Okay, so we're going to start with the palm and then we're going to move into uh, the other signs. And I'm going to try to not make this two hours long because we're definitely going to do a crystal this week. But you know, you never know. I never know how long it's going to be till we get there. Okay. So let's start with the palm physical signs. Okay. So there's five signs in the palm that we're going to be looking for. I know that podcasting is not a visual medium. So I will also post this uh, in the Facebook group and I'll put it in the liner notes. If I forget to put it in the liner notes, email me and be like, Mickey, uh, hello. I know that you just forget everything you say once you're done recording, but this is what you said get it together. So the five signs are the secret cross, AKA the mystic cross, the psychic cross, which is lengthy. Uh, <laughs> wait, is that the lengthy one? Okay. Yeah. It's a little long, but I, I won't take that long. I speak very quickly, right? The psychic triangle, the healer's mark and astral travel lines. So those are the five that we are going to look for in our own palms. That's why I thought it'd be so fun too, because I don't know, maybe it is just my personal interest in, um, I'm reading palms or palmistry, I believe is the way you pronounce it. 
I never know. I think everything is like a secret Celtic and or Celtic word. So I'm just guesstimating when I say these things out loud. But I think it's fun. You know, if you hopefully aren't driving, don't get a ticket like me. But when you can sit down and actually listen to this part and look at your palm and be like, oh, I do have that. Like, I knew it. I knew I knew I was a witch all along. Everyone else told me I was wrong. But no, just like people lie to you about dandelions, you knew you were a witch all along. And you wouldn't be here if you didn't know that. Okay, so let's start with the secret cross, a.k.a. the mystic cross. Perhaps the most powerful of the palm signs, the secret cross. <laughs> this is how far I've made it. <laughs> who didn't say the moment of, who didn't do the moment of silence with me? One more time. Perhaps the most powerful of the palm signs, the secret cross is also known as the mystic cross. It is, what's wrong with me? It's a line in the shape of a cross or an X located between the heart line and the headline. People with such lines are thought to be well acquainted with their magical powers from a very young age. So I'm going to pause right there and say this. The first time I ever read the original article, this was the thing that really shows that you are a natural born witch. Like if you have nothing else, this is a thing to show that you probably have been here before. You have always been a witch. You have come back as a witch. Your magic is not something that's new. It's something that's traveled with you. And it really denotes that you are very skilled as a witch, even if you don't have a handle on those skills yet, which we'll get to a little bit later as well. Um, it's all there. You know, you have all the makings of it because you've been here before and you've been a witch before. So, uh, yeah, you were acquainted with their magical powers from a very young age, which kids, hello. <laughs> they also have an instinctive inclination to the occult sciences and arcane wisdom, and they possess a strong intuition, which is exactly what makes them strong witches. So, uh, I'm going to try to explain where it is. I'm actually looking at my mystic cross right now. I'm going to try to take a picture. I don't know if it's too faint, but if you're looking at your index finger and that first line that curves from your index finger underneath to beneath your pinky, but it's like half an inch away from your pinky. And then the line that starts next to your index finger and runs parallel to it, that is your head and your heart line. Am I saying those right? Heart and head. Yeah. So my X is in between those parallel lines to each other. Don't worry. I will post it so you will see what I'm talking about because I also always confuse my index finger and my ring finger send help. Okay. So that is your secret cross. Um, I, yeah, mine's faint. Maybe if I, I don't know if I draw it, then what's the point? You'd be like, she just drew it. Don't, I'll try to show it to you somehow. Maybe I'll put it in a, um, I'll try to do a video. You can see a little better. Okay. So number two, the psychic cross, the psychic cross is of high importance among the palm signs. There are signs located at the root of each finger. So where your finger connects to your palm, obviously not above your finger. Cause that's just your fingernail <laughs> and then air. Uh, and since each finger represents a different planetary entity, depending on the finger it's on, the psychic cross can have a num any number of meanings. Your index finger. The finger of Jupiter. A psychic cross on this finger indicates that Jupiter's good luck is on your side. Gorgeous. That's all I want in this world, honestly. Magical opportunities will occur to help you reach your goals. It also means you have an enormous capacity for magical wisdom and the ability to absorb powerful knowledge. Wise teachers are attracted by you. And later in life, you will become a magical teacher yourself. That's amazing. All right, middle finger. One of my favorites. <laughs> the finger of Saturn. It means you're blessed by Saturn, the planet of the witches. I actually did not know that Saturn was considered the planet of the witches. I'm not going to start on my rant about why Jupiter is vastly superior to Saturn. 
but you know how I feel. <laughs> you are able to learn things the easy way and the tough way since you've been given a very strict teacher. Yeah, Saturn return. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but you learn your magic well from your own experiences. You'll discover that you possess great power and capacity if you dedicate some time to yourself. Meditation is a miracle and so is dream magic. Two things we have covered extensively in this podcast, so you should be good. Ring finger. The, the finger of the sun. If you see across here, you're blessed by the sun and Apollo, the god of magic and prophecy. You possess the power to attract what you need in life, and you're an enchanter. Oh, that sounds lovely. It means that your love life, is, love life is a source of inspiration for your magical activities, and when you're sexually active, you find enlightenment through pleasure. Little finger, our pinkies. The finger of Mercury. Timely. <laughs> Mercury. Mercury. It's going to start messing with me because I can't pronounce it now. Mercury is associated with all sorts of magical works and divination. You've known the magical world since a young age because you were born to love magic and be good at it. Mercury, or Hermes, not to be confused with Hermes, one of my favorites, is the wise god, and he's blessed you by making you a powerful Magnus witch. You should use your powerful, powerful brain and heart to develop your magical abilities. So those are the four. Um, there's not one under your thumb. And when they say cross, literally, it looks like a lowercase t, like a cross. So under your index, under your middle, under your ring, and under your baby pinky, you'll have those four crosses. And it sits literally right under the finger. So it's at the root, like right where it hits the palm. So that crease where you can bend your joint, is that a joint? Yeah. Is that a joint? Yeah. <laughs> that is where your cross is going to lie. Okay. Number three, the psychic triangle. If you spot a pyramid-shaped triangle on your ring finger, then you have the psychic triangle. You should try harder to find your palm signs because they're often pale and difficult to notice. Yes, <laughs> extremely. The triangles, and also let me say, you have so many tiny baby lines in your palm, and you have these major, like, long road lines in your palm. So don't be afraid to get your flashlight open and really check it out because it took me a while to find my cross. But now I can find it immediately, and it's in my left hand. All right, back to this. Uh, the triangle indicates that you, for some reason, have suppressed your powers. Important. Our higher selves sometimes block our magical powers because we're committed some magical crimes, quote-unquote, in our past lives, or because we've used them for dark purposes. This is a defense mechanism meant to protect us from hurting ourselves. Each time we cast a, quote-unquote, dark spell, meant to hurt him or intervene with his free will, him and his being, you know, someone and, and just anyone, generalization. Um, where does my place? We created bad karma and it eventually comes back to us. The psychic triangle is a sort of prison where our magic is locked up. So, you know, don't necessarily want this one. It can also mean that perhaps someone else has bound our powers because we created some enemies in a past life. The key to releasing our powers is love and acceptance acceptance of ourselves and others when we forgive we can become strong witches once again i don't think we've talked about mother mary the goddess card in this podcast yet but she has a really powerful message of sending out love and giving yourself love and finding forgiveness through love so that's kind of what this is highlighting the more love you send out the more love you get back the more you choose to not only forgive but forgive through love and like adding in that extra sweet layer it it just sweetens the whole thing you know um, of course, spell breaking rituals, cleansing and a powerful awakening spell can be helpful. So a cord cutting can be very helpful. A freezing can be very helpful. Um, a purifying white candle ritual or black candle ritual and having an obsidian or, uh, uh Apache's, I shouldn't say that, not Apache's tear. 
uh, Obsidian or, uh, uh, help me, what am I trying to say? Black Tourmaline, you know, one of those beautiful black stones that can just suck up a lot for us and then we can return it to the earth. Um, that's something that can help with that. So this isn't a bad thing. It doesn't mean that you are a bad witch again. You may have been a naughty witch in another lifetime and you may have, uh, you know, done things that this references, but it doesn't mean that it's locked up forever. It's just making you aware. It's just a, a sign that you're carrying on from another lifetime. And trust me, we carry so many things from our past lives and we don't even realize it. And it takes work. Just like you might want to go to therapy in this life and speak to someone. You don't even know all of the issues until you really start getting to the nitty gritty and digging in. You know, you don't know the root and the causes of so many things. So if you find your psychic triangle, it doesn't mean you are a bad witch or a bad person. Well, a bad witch in a bad sense. It just means that something took place and now you have now you have the information and now you have the tools to get past it. So not a bad sign or a bad omen. Don't worry. Number four, the healer's mark. Four or more parallel line at the stem of the little finger is a sign that a person is a powerful healer. This is a person with incredible ability to touch the hearts of people and help them heal both their emotional and physical scars. Such people are often doctors, psychologists, and life coaches. They live a life of healing and helping others. Four to five lines indicates a powerful healer. Six to seven means that the person is destined to become a healer. And eight or more, geez, <laughs> is a sign uh, that the person has mastered the art of healing already in a previous life. Well, hello. The more numerous the lines, the more powerful the gift. So, you know, if you got four, three, four, you're doing good. You got five, six. I was about to say pick up sticks. <laughs> So stupid. I'm sorry. If you have five, six, you know, you're, you're in your process. You're learning more. You're becoming the healer you're meant to be eight or more. Teach me how teach a class, please help us all get better. And finally, number five, astral travel lines. These lines are a sign of a natural ability to transcend time and space. Hey, hedge witches. I'm talking to you. If you have them, you probably travel the astral plane more than you realize. You have the power to become a great magus, which since you have the ability to project in an astral plane, Shamans, witches, and magi travel the astral plane in search of information. From here, they heal, cast spells, and communicate with fairies and other entities. You're an astral magus. I've never heard that word magus before. Let me look that up real quick. Okay, magus. Noun. Plural. Magi. Okay, duh. That's where it's from. <laughs> I've never heard the plural form before. Have you? I know magi, of course. I Wow. Okay. So, a member of a priestly caste of ancient Persia. See, also Magi. Got it. Um, but also, it can be, mean a sorcerer. I've never heard Magus before. Wow. I learned something, y'all, right in front of you, too. <laughs> I hope y'all didn't know. Well, I mean, cool if you did know. That's amazing. But if you didn't, oh, we just learned something together. That's so fun. Okay, so yeah, you're going to have five physical signs you're going to look for in your palm whenever you have a chance. Please don't do it while you're driving, even if it's bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic. So you're going to look for your cross. Um, you're going to look for the X. You're going to look for the lines for healer, lines for astral travel, and the triangle for pyramid. Isn't that fun? Okay, I, I don't know. It's been like in my head for so long. And when I first found my ex, I was like, oh my God, I am a witch. I always knew it. Like witchcraft confirmed. Got it. I don't know. It really was something that was, it just made me feel kind of whole. Like I knew I was a witch. I knew I felt different. I knew all of these things about myself and what I was interested in and what I was dabbling in. But then I saw that X and it was like a confirmation. It was like, yeah, you're on the right path. I don't know. It was really comforting to me. So I hope that when you look at your palm and you look for all the little signs and symbols we just went over, you find the same comfort. It was, especially if you're like a baby witch or you're new to this and true to this. 
I, I hope it does give you kind of a sense of comfort or relief. Like that's what I've been feeling. That's what's going on with me. So anyway, let's get into our uh, more abstract ones and I will try to not make this two hours long. Okay. So like I mentioned earlier, the fact that you're here and you have an interest in witchcraft, it's, that's not a random thing. That's not a coinky dink. You're here, you're listening to this podcast, you are picking up um, tarot cards, or you, you really want a tarot reading, or or oracle, you know, gotta give a shout out to mine too, or um, you're attracted to picking up candles, or you're attracted to picking up uh, different witchcraft books. That doesn't just happen for no reason. That is a sign that you are a natural witch, you are a born witch, and it's something that follows your lineage. So that's what we're talking about. I have said this before, I do not believe that all uh, witches are born natural witches. It doesn't mean they're any less of a witch. I think that people are absolutely able to pick up magic and work with that. I don't think you have to be born to it. You don't have to have it in your DNA um, to be a witch. I just, I don't. I know some people that think all magic is natural magic. I think that it's something that you can still be called to and adapt to. My personal belief, according to Mickey, doesn't mean it's right. It could be wrong. <laughs> I've been wrong many times before, so... Who knows? But this list is going to be more like this is something that's in your DNA. This is something that's come down with you. It's something that's hereditary. And you are a born natural witch. So yeah, you're attracted to all this stuff. It's because you have dealt with it in other lifetimes. And so you're going back to what's familiar to you. You know, if I've been a witch all these other times I've been present, then of course I'm going to seek it out over and over again because it is kind of this feeling of like going home and finding what's familiar and finding what feels safe to you and what makes you that thing I was talking about seeing the cross and feeling whole and like kind of that clicking for me, same thing. Like the more I embrace it, the more that I feel like I'm coming back home and I'm coming back to my real self. So that's definitely number one. If you have found this podcast because you feel like you're a witch, you're a witch. <laughs> there you go. Don't stress about it anymore. I promise. It's true. It's here and it's you. Um, so I wrote down, I actually took notes for this one and I did 11, but I kind of already covered one. So we're just going to go down the list. One. Uh, the feeling like you've been here before. So that can encompass a lot of things. For me, it means that I've always kind of, it's like the old soul thing. You know, you feel like you've been here before. Experiences don't really, sh well, you know, they can stress you out, but they don't seem so new and unexpected to you, perhaps, like you have a lot of wisdom, you just carry wisdom from so many generations and so many experiences where you've been here, like literally, you've been here before. We've been here before. Um, I tend to find that a lot of witches are like the mom friend. <laughs> You're the one that your friends turn to when they need advice. And this was something that always struck me. And this is not me being like, Oh, I was so mature for my age, because I was immature, just like all people in like high school are. But my friends and I were the same age, like, you know, 14, 15, 16, whatever. But I was the one they would always come to for advice. And for some reason, I've always been really good with sage wisdom and advice, even if I don't necessarily always take it myself. <laughs> if I do get into that thing we talked about of like repeating my patterns and just the definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting the outcome, right? So for some reason, though, I've always had wisdom beyond my years. I've always kind of had that old soul going thing going on. I've always... Uh, been the mom friend. I've always been really nurturing to my friends, taking care of my friends, which the great, you know, funny thing about it is, is that I absolutely do not want to have kids. Like it is the last thing I want to do, but I'm very maternal and I've always been that in the friend group. So I find like a lot of witches are the mom friend because you can just spit it out. You're the ones that have the wisdom and you are the ones that just kind of know you've been here before. That's the best way I can describe it is that we've all been here before. And so it's not that we're just returning to like our witchiness, but 
we're able to be sought out by other people because we do have the best advice and the best wisdom. And sometimes I would be like, where the hell am I getting this stuff from? <laughs> Especially in high school because I was like late to the boyfriend thing and other things. But my friends would always come to me with their love life problems. I'm like, I don't have a love life. <laughs> I have nothing to speak of. But I don't know. I would just know. So there you go. It's You've been here before. You've experienced before. And we do carry those memories and those impressions and that advice and those learned lessons with us through every lifetime that we go through. So if you feel like you've been here before, it's because you have. And you were a witch then too. Okay, so two is being an empath. Obviously, we've talked about being an empath a lot. And that's not just being able to be sensitive and empathetic is what I'm trying to say, but it's that you can feel the temperature of the room. You can change the temperature of the room. People, and especially not always the most stable, uh, together, best intentions for you people will be extremely drawn to your energy and your light because empaths, we just emanate a lot of energy. We do. And we take on a lot of energy. I've talked about this a lot before. We are drained. We are exhausted. We need a break. And I, I know I've said this, but let me just reiterate it because there's always new people. And I have talked a lot over all these episodes. So who knows what you remember, but it's always okay as an empath to say, I need a break from this. We should all be creating boundaries. It is really essential just in our everyday lives, right? To have healthy relationships, you have to have boundaries. But especially as an empath, I have had periods where I've told my friends, listen, I love you and I'm here for you and I support you, but you cannot give me any negative comments this week. I'm not saying I'm not there for you. I'm not saying I won't turn it on in a week, but for this week, I need to recharge. I need to regenerate. And if you come and complain to me about one more thing, if you bring me one more negative story, one more negative comment, I'm going to lose it. Like I have to take care of me now. So empaths, we take on everything. We attract people that want to throw everything on us. We feel everything so deeply. And that's a witch thing, baby, good or bad. <laughs> you know, no one ever said being a witch was perfect. And I have said before, the empath thing is a blessing and a curse because I feel like I've been able to do a lot of good with it, good with it, a lot of good with it. But I also feel like I have had the life absolutely zapped out of me at times. So tread lightly with that. But if you're an empath, ding, 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 you are probably a witch. Number three, connection with nature. I know I take a second every week to say how much I hate being outside, <laughs> but that's not true. We all know that I really do love Mother Earth. And so that is a sign of being a witch that, especially this is like a witch kid thing to me, but also it does definitely translate to adults. If you find yourself just loving being outside, connected to being outside, um, you know, connecting with a particular element in particular those are signs of being a witch. I always like to think about, you know, when you go to the park or you're passing by a park or a playground and you see like the one or two kids that have put the flower crown on and are just like laying and rolling around and taking in all of the grass and the dirt, like those are witch kids. They are sucking up that energy, but they're also incredibly connected that they, they just feel, it's almost like there's just that life force. It shoots out of the ground and up and through us when we touch the ground in any way. If it's bare feet, if it's bare hands, if it's our, our entire bodies, if we're face first, you know. But that connection with nature, that's a sign that you're a witch. If you particularly have always felt like being in water is being home and that water energizes, empowers you. If you've always felt that having fire around you just lights something in you, 
as I shared before, I went through a real fire starter phase and was always just lighting matches and burning pieces of cotton, which are extremely flammable. Don't do that. And would burn myself. But it was never like, ow, that really hurt. It was like, ooh, what is this feeling? What is this new element? So if you have, if you do find in particular, you vibe with a certain element and it's not just an appreciation. It's not like that fire is beautiful. It keeps me warm or, oh, that ocean is gorgeous and the water feels so good. And I just want to float on it to ever. If it's something that actually you feel like it drives you, it feels, you feel like it contributes to your essence as a person. You're probably a witch. You're more than likely a witch. <laughs> but yeah, if you were one of those kids that you had the flower ground on and you were just like in that grass picking it and hiding in bushes like I talked about last week, that's a witch thing. That is like you have not just an appreciation for the earth, but you have like a true love for it and you truly feel powered by it. You know, it's about that connection between witches and the earth because we are so of the earth and not just that you live on the earth. That makes sense. Okay, number four, animals. Um, witches love animals and animals love witches. <laughs> I have been kind of putting off doing an episode about familiars because it's way more in depth. It's on my list, don't worry, but it's way more in depth than we kind of think of it. Like you think, oh, I have a black cat, like Salem, right? On um, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I'm of course talking about the one with Melissa Joan Hart from the 90s and 2000s because I don't acknowledge the other one. It is not canon to me. I haven't watched it. I know that's not fair. <laughs> but to me, it's not canon. There is only one true Sabrina, which is the comics from Archie, and then also Melissa Joan Hart and a sassy cat named Salem. But yeah, that's what we think of when we think about familiars. It's actually way deeper than that, but we will go into it sooner than later. But yeah, the familiar thing. Animals have that deeper connection to nature. Animals can see the unseen. Animals can feel the changes in the atmosphere. They can feel the changes in, in people. They can feel the changes in mood. They can detect, you know, intonation and they're sensitive and which is, we share a lot of those same traits, you know, witches are almost kind of more in touch with our animalistic sides. Um, not to say that we're animals. <laughs> I mean, well, we are animals. We're all, well, we are all mammals, but you know, not to say it because sometimes witches can be very characterized as being like animals and not like humans and different and lower rank and stuff, you know, very just vile things that people will say about witches throughout history and also currently. But you have to always remember that attacks on witches are usually about, and not to say that all witches are women, obviously, but attacks on witches are kind of the, an attack on the ideal of women, of womanhood, of femininity, of sinful women, if you will. But yeah, I think we have the instincts that animals have and being instinct based is different from always being like rational brain based, but we feel things, we can sense things. We have precognition, we have premonition, we have visions, all of these things. And we are literally just more connected to animals. Um, they'll just wander up to us, especially if you're fae, your fairy witch, they'll, you'll just sit like Aurora, Aurora in the Sleeping Beauty and like, here come the birds <laughs> to sing on your shoulder. Here comes the deer to like bend and give you kisses. Here comes the bunny rabbits, you know? We attract them so much because we work in conjunction with them. They are kind of our spiritual partners in ways in the craft. And they also represent us in ways, which we'll get more in the familiar episode. And talking about animals in conjunction with witchcraft. But not only do we attract them, but we are kind of obsessed with them. Like I, <laughs> this is going to sound terrible. I don't mean it in a terrible way. But um, a lot of times when I see a baby or a child, like a toddler or whatever, where babies, where little, little persons are at their cutest, right? 
I'll be like, oh, that kid's cute, but I'll never be like so overcome with, you know, emotion. But if I see a kitten or a puppy or a baby piggy, a piglet or a bunny, any, I will burst into tears. Like, full out. I think the reactions I'm supposed to have for children have somehow directed towards animals. And maybe that's because I'm a witch. But yeah, full out crying. Because I just love it so much. And it's so innocent. And it's so magical. And I feel so connected. But yeah, ne a kid, I'm like, Oh, that's a cute kid. I really like that kid. But give me a bunny and I will fall apart. <laughs> so that is also a sign you may be a witch. Uh, number five, I phrase this that the moon is your mom. <laughs> like, if you were a witch, one of the signs is that you've always had reverence for the moon, almost kind of an obsession with it. And not just, not just the way that you like, you are involved with it, and you think about it, but it's like, you'll actually just sit and stare at the moon. You're, they call it like, quote, unquote, look at the moon. One of those people is like, Oh, look at the moon tonight, where you're just driving by. It's, the, you just feel it. You feel that lunar connection. You feel how the moon affects us. We do feel the moon and all of its wonderful things it does to us a little bit more deeply if you're a witch. And you just love it. it. You just have so much reverence. You love it so much. And you are one of those people that will just stop and stare and just feel the power in your body and feel it kind of feeding you and feeling all the effects of it, but also having so much respect and love for it. Now, a lot of people might just be like, oh, look at the moon, people. Like, the moon looks pretty. But then they don't really give it a second thought. But when I'm like, oh, look at the moon, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm entranced. <laughs> like, I can't stop looking at the moon. So a deep connection to the moon, a deep love for the moon, that is another sign that you're a witch. Number six, this is your powers. If you are a witch, at some point, your powers are going to show up, <laughs> good or bad. Um, I got a couple of really beautiful stories this week about people being kids and having a real healer's touch. So you know, whether you can put your hands over someone's heart and slow it down or put it over someone's head and remove a fever, put your hands on someone's, you know, pulse and, and know what's wrong with them. Be like, Oh, this is what your diagnosis should be. Not to say that witches or doctors, you should definitely go to the doctor as well. Get everything checked up, make sure you're okay. But you know, we do have these healing sensibilities to which and many, 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 which is even if they are not strict healers, they have the capacity to heal. And you will start to notice that start to manifest on the flip side. <laughs> If you notice where you have unintentionally had things just go awry, the great example of this, and of course we have to talk about the craft. We haven't, I don't think I talked about it last week, did I? I was very on the covenant train for a while, but we're back to the craft. Um, Sarah talks about, she would used to wish for it to be quiet. She just wanted quiet, 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 quiet. And she would go deaf for three days. So that's the other thing you'll kind of notice because you have no control of your powers yet. They're just manifesting. And that means they're manifesting in a positive way and not in a negative way, but an inadvertently, uh, some in an inadvertent way. That'd be the best way to say it. You will do things inadvertently because your powers are taking hold and not because you necessarily mean to. So if Sarah is wishing for quiet that to the extent that she doesn't actually get quiet or peace, but she goes deaf. It's like it can spiral out that far. That's, I always think of that example. I think it's a really, really good thing that they put into the movie. Um, but yeah, so you'll see a manifestation of powers, which is that powers. We, we just do, we have magic and we work with it. And before we know what we have, we already have the ability to put it out into the world. So that's why once we're like, okay, I'm a witch, got it. That's why we start to like hone and fine tune those things. So it's not just magic bouncing all over the place. Like, you know, flubber would. <laughs> And so that'll bring us to our next one, which kind of goes hand in hand with that, 
which number seven is being a healer. A lot of witches are healers. We, we just are. I, uh, I call myself a healer, but my healing is through the cards. So I've talked about that before. Those are my tools. That is the way that I am able to bring peace of mind to people. I'm able to bring relief to people. I'm bring, able to bring a sense of calm and to kind of take anxiety and fear and worry away, which is huge. You know, we've talked about anxiety this whole episode and it's something that can just get in and it's like a poison and it goes into all your veins and it feels like it's sucking the life out of you and it makes you dread everything. So I'm able to heal in that way. Now there's people that are much more traditional healers and shamans and witches that they can, you know, literally draw the fever out of you. They can make potions that can make you well. You know, it's, it runs, it runs a gradient. Is that the right word? Runs is, it runs a gradient. Every time I say gradient, I think about when you do a smoky eye and the gradient goes from black out. Because <laughs> of a makeup video I watched once and now I'm never sure if I'm using that word correctly. But it, oh, it runs a, oh, I just had it for one second. It went away. It runs a, you're screaming it at me. It runs a gamut. Gamut. Is that the word I'm thinking of? <laughs> I think it's gamut. Yes. Okay. So it can run a gamut. You know, it's, you don't have to be a strict healer and that's the only kind of witchcraft you practice. It's the only thing that you're geared towards. We were able to manifest healing in so many different ways. Giving advice, being the wise person that someone can turn to, reading the cards, you know, even offering someone crystals that are, are adjusted to what they're going through at the time. All of those things are ways that witches are able to heal. Okay, number eight, past life glimpses. You may know it as deja vu. <laughs> Although I don't think, I was having a discussion with someone about this and I was, I know I've been saying I'm going to do this, but I want to do an episode on deja vu because the best explanation I have heard of it, or not even explanation, but the thing that someone said to me that I was like, that's what I feel like it is. It kind of clicked with me was that when you have deja vu, it's not that you're seeing the past, the present or future. It's kind of like a confirmation that you're in the right place at the right time. You're where you're supposed to be. But, but if you do experience a lot of deja vu, that is a witch thing. It happens all the time. And I know whenever we have it, we're always trying to like see a little bit beyond it to be like, what's going to happen? Is this a premonition? And premonition and precognition and deja vu really can get confused with each other. Isn't that lovely? All the things we experience as witches that we have to get a hold of. Um, but past life glimpses and dreams, you know, witches have intense dreams. And a lot of times we'll get glimpses of past, present, and future in those dreams. One thing that happened to me, I don't know if I ever talked about this, but which kid story I'm coming. When I was 14, I had had a dream about, um, I definitely talked about this before, being a synchronized swimmer in like a marble carved out pool that was inside. And I can't remember when I had the dream. I think it was a couple years before, but when I was 14 or 13, my parents took me to a museum in um, Florida and we got to one of the main floors and it was carved out marble and it was a swimming pool at one point and there was a picture posted next to it which showed all the synchronized swimmers. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, you know, it just came back to me. And I had been in that place. I had been in that water. I had been there in a past time because obviously it's a museum now. But that's what I mean. Having those past life glimpses, having those dreams about them, that is witch stuff. That is one of the major signs. We've been here before. Again, that's where that wisdom comes from that a lot of us exhibit. And having visions that premonitions, those precognitions, all that stuff, that is all witch stuff. And I grouped those together because those all, I don't want to say they all come from the same place, but it all kind of feels like the same thing, right? Like I'm not quite in myself. I'm seeing something beyond myself. I'm seeing somewhere I've already been. I'm seeing something that's going to happen. I'm having a feeling of something that's, that is coming and that's going to happen. 
and we have them in many, many ways. <clears throat> Some people will literally here goes my voice, we'll trance out and we'll have visions then. And some of us just have them in our dreams. And some of them, some of us can call on them or some of us can look into a crystal ball and see them. The one time I listened to a crystal ball, I felt like I was going mad. I saw so many things at once. I was like, oh, I need to, I need to return this. I'm not ready for this level yet. I think I'm a couple of years away from that because, oh my gosh, I saw everything at once and it was stressful and it blew my mind. I was like, yeah, we're going to uh-huh. I'm going to revisit this. I'm not yet ready for this crystal ball action. But yeah, having glimpses of your past life. <clears throat> and also, if you are able to do uh, past life readings for other people, or if you're able to go back into your own past life yourself, absolutely sign you're a witch. Um, and deja vu, it being a really recurrent thing all of your life, especially this is what I had as a kid. I have not had it in decades at this point. But I had this recurrent thing where not only was I having deja vu, but I would go out of my body and watch it from the outside. So I That's the best way I can explain it. I don't know what to even call that to this day. If you do, if you've experienced it, please let me know and let me feel a little less cuckoo. But yeah, I would be, I would feel very intense deja vu and then I would be outside of my body and I would be watching it happening. And then at some point I would just go back, I would snap back in and I don't know. I don't know. I don't think anyone else ever noticed. My parents were never like, are you okay? Where'd you go? I never like went pale or passed out or anything. I was out in the deja vu and then I was back in, not watching anymore. Very strange. Um, I hope it doesn't. Well, no, I kind of do hope it goes back to that because now that I'm a full adult and a full witch, I can actually do something with it, not just being like, oh, I just want to get back in my body, please. <laughs> okay, so number nine. Feeling isolated or different. I know all kids and all teenagers and all preteens feel isolated and different at some point, but you know what I mean. Um, not that we ever had a hard time getting along with other people, that we had uh, a hard time making friends. You know, it doesn't have to be like that. I, I have a lot of friends. I've always had a lot of friends. So it's not isolated or different, like you're being teased or picked on or bullied, but it's just you know there's something different about you. You know one of the these things is not quite like the other and trying to fit in with everyone else is like trying to take a square peg and put it in a circle hole. It's just not going to quite fit. And you feel isolated, but also we'll have a tendency to self isolate as we get older, we get more into our practice and that comes out of a necessity to an extent. It comes from not wanting people to say, you're not a witch. That's stupid. You sound dumb. Um, why do you believe in that stuff? What's wrong with you? Or on the flip side, people being like, that's a sin. I'm judging you. You're going to be judged for that. You're going to go to hell for that. Like all that stuff, we have to kind of go into self-preservation mode away from it. And so we do isolate, but also we feel isolated already because we know we're not like everyone else. We know we feel things differently. We experience things differently. We're able to do things other people aren't able to do. And I think really the peak of that is those, those, <laughs> those middle school and high school years because you already are just like my hormones and body hair and I'm so sweaty. I just have a crush on everyone. Like, what do I do? <laughs> and that's a, that's a time where I, and this is like nine and 10. I feel like that's a time where a lot of us will drop our powers and drop the witch thing for what, like as kids, we're way more comfortable with this because no one's quite told us you're weird. That's not right. You're that's a sin, like any of that stuff yet. And you're just kind of, they think you're just being imaginative and having playtime. Right. But then you get into those teen, preteen years and like all you want in life is to fit in and have friends and be popular and, you know, be socially and romantically accepted by your peers. And so I feel like that's a time where a lot of us reject 
the witch thing and we reject our powers and our magic. And so that's number 10 is that going, not, not just like having that isolated, not, not even a period, but not just feeling like isolated and different, right? But having a period where you actually reject it and you're like, no, 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 I just want to be a normal kid or I just want to be a normal person. And I have learned maybe that I've said some witchy things out loud and people look at me like, well, what the hell is our problem, you know? And I just don't want it anymore. It can be that you're just trying to fit in, but it can also come from a place of fear. It's overwhelming. It's a lot to take in. I've been doing this for years and years and I've like fully embraced my powers for years and years now. And I still am overwhelmed all the time, you know, and I'm still have so much to learn. Obviously I talk about that so much. So you just drop it at some point, you just walk away from it, but it always finds its way back. And for some of you finding this podcast is going to be like opening the door to finding your way back. So if you did drop it, don't feel guilty. Don't feel bad. It's a natural thing that all of us do because it's overwhelming in one sense or another. Sometimes you just want to fit in. Sometimes I don't, you know, want to have a thought and not even really put anything behind it, but then it manifests itself good or bad. <laughs> Sometimes I just want to be able to like say something out loud and it not mean anything, but you know, we don't really have that luxury, do we? Okay. So number 11, um, which is love to collect things. We do. Uh, it's not just the crystals, but you know, I talk about the amethyst and the tiger's eye, all those things you're drawn to as kids. We like to collect feathers. We collect um, just any rocks we see outside. We'll collect flowers, dried flowers. That's a thing we just really love. We collect our witch tools. We collect cauldrons. Some people collect cards. Um, we collect buttons. We collect thread. We collect pieces of yarn. Witches just love to collect things. <laughs> it's just a thing with us. And a lot of it is a part of our magic and tools that we'll use. But if you look around and you are like, oh, I have a lot of shit. I have a real accumulation of a certain thing. Ding, ding, ding. You're a witch. <laughs> it's definitely, it goes way past playing cards. There's just certain things that are going to be symbolic and resonate with you. And we just kind of can't help ourselves. We're just little, you know, we like to hoard certain specific things. And uh, I was going to, I had for number 12, uh, you're doing it before you know it. And, um, you seek out witchy things, but that's kind of the overarching thing, right? If you found this podcast again, if you've been picking up books, if you've been picking up cards and you don't know what the hell you're doing, you just know it feels right to you. Well, welcome home, witch. <laughs> you've made it. That's what it is. So that was my number 12, but that's, you know, we've really been touching on that here and there. You're here for a reason. It's, I think you can absolutely have an academic, uh, interest, a historical, historical interest in witchcraft, but I think that we're all in tune and smart enough and savvy enough and empathic enough to know when it's not that I'm drawn to it because I'm interested in it. I'm drawn to it because I have to see what's going on. I have to be a part of this. This is important and it's a part of me and I feel like it's a missing piece. You know, I think if you think of yourself as a puzzle and you being drawn to this is like another puzzle piece that is missing and that's the thing that you're going to put in place and finally you'll feel complete then you're a witch, baby. Embrace it. That's why we're all here. And we're all just going to get stronger. Like segment wants us to, we're going to learn together. And you know, from baby witch to advanced witch to grand witch, <laughs> supreme, if you will, <laughs> we're all on this witch journey. You know, there's no, there's no too late to start to, too behind. You're not too behind. You're doing it at your perfect pace and you're discovering it and you're finding it. And that's perfect. Look, not everyone, not everyone was a witch kid. Or maybe you were and you just never put that all together. Or maybe you were and you kind of forgot about it because, you know, we all kind of turn it off at some point, in my experience. 
maybe you've been riding with us since day one. And if you are, kudos to you because Lord knows I turned it off and I was like, that's scary. I don't know about all that. <laughs> but I'm back, baby. I'm right here. So our crystal of the week, it's going to be a little different this week <laughs> in that it's not so much a crystal or a stone, but it's a metal. It is gorgeous, conductive, high energy, high vibration copper. I wanted to do copper because another sign that you're a witch is that you are very attracted to silver and to copper and to a variety of other sacred metals, but you'll use silver and copper a lot in your work. And not only that, but it can be used in conjunction with your other crystals. So something that I am angling to do once I kind of get it down to a shout, right, is that I am going to start uh, making necklaces out of some of my crystals because, you know, I like to wear them close to my heart chakra and I want to wire wrap them with copper. So basically you're already taking the energy and the magic of that particular stone and you're not really activating it, but you're getting the juices flowing to an extent. I hate when I say that because it sounds so gross to me, but the, con the conductivity of the copper, it just kind of lets that crystal not even just hold the magic within itself and what you're aiming it towards, but kind of flow all over, you know? So copper is a wonderful thing to use in conjunction with all the crystals that we already have. It's a metal that is extremely electrified, electrified, <laughs> electrified. <laughs> it really has its own vibration and it it just connects so well into everything and it just shoots the energy back out. I mean, it's, there's no, I mean, besides the fact that it's beautiful, right? It's not a coincidence that it's the first mine metal and it's a metal that has been worn for centuries and millennia and decades by people from all different walks of life, all different cultural groups, all different countries. It's just magical. And you know, that's another thing, not just a witch thing, but just a human thing. We are attracted to magic as much as we, not we, but as much as some people don't want to admit it, it's not just like, oh, this thing is so beautiful. Oh, this thing is aesthetically pleasing to me. It's that, oh, this thing radiates. It's literally brimming to the top with this amazing energy. And that's why I want to wear it. That's why it feels good to my skin. That's why it feels good on my person. Not just because it's something that's necessarily pleasing to the eye. And that is kind of more of a, it can be very much a, unconscious attraction, but you know, it's no coincidence that copper has been used over and over and over again all over the world. And it's something that is still very, very much in use. I was actually just thinking for my kitchen witches, uh, do you use copper cookware? Are you using copper cooks and cooks and pants, <laughs> copper pots and pans? Because I would imagine that that would just intensify, intensify your recipes and your magic and your potions so much more, right? Or a copper cauldron. Ooh, I gotta get one of those. Okay. I'm gonna I'm going to stop myself before I spend all my money trying to stock up on my copper. But it, it is a conduit. It is electric. It does also help with balance and with seeking calm. It is a catalyst for manifestation. It helps to open up communication. It helps to kind of ease out any of those crazy frequencies by being an easy conductor. You know, it just kind of can smooth everything out. So copper is gorgeous. It is powerful. It is magical. Copper looks good on every skin tone. If you ask me, I don't think there's a person alive who can't wear it and make it work and make it fierce. So you're all about copper this week. We wanted to dig into a metal, <laughs> dig into a metal, <laughs> and talk about something that is something that we can use with all the crystals that we've learned about already because it really is going to conduct that energy and let it flow and flow and flow. So copper is our metal of the week. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you already know what your homework is, but just in case you want me to just 
make an actual assignment. Um, it's to look at your palm. I want you to see what you can find. Do you see crosses? Do you see the X? Do you see triangle? <clears throat> My voice is going out. Do you see the lines? What is there? I want you to really spend some time, get that flashlight out, um, go on to not some natural sunlight and draw in that energy while you're out there anyway. Okay, but don't melt because I know heat waves literally all over. And I want you to see what's there and what it means for you as a witch. You know, this episode is not so much like let's do a spell, let's make a potion, but it's very much about getting in tune with who you are and the more in tune you are with what kind of witch you are and how you kind of come to this journey and all the signs and symbols that are there that you identify with. And you know, you're just your witch identity, the better you'll be at all your witchy stuff. So yeah, look at your palm. I would um, take pictures of it. I would even write down what I find just so I know. And if you see the triangle and you know, okay, this means I have some kind of block going on and I need to investigate that. And I need to see what I can do to move past that. Or I'm a healer and I haven't even ever considered that, but gosh, let me start looking at the healing arts or, oh, I'm, I could do astral travel. Let me find the safest way and the most beginner way of doing that. That's something I told you I've done accidentally. Um, I don't think I'm going to actually ever try to do that. But if you see the lines there and you feel interested or it's something that you've done, find the way that you can control it and that you can embrace it in the safest way possible. And if you have the X, you know, it's just another confirmation that you're here and you're in the right spot, baby. And you may have already had a confirmation of this because you might have already had deja vu about listening to this podcast, <laughs> this episode. So there you go. So yeah, check out your palms. Um, bring some copper into your lives, go through all of the different signs and be like, yeah, that was definitely me. I, I, yeah, I'm here. I got it. I'm telling you right now, you're in the right place and you deserve good. And I love you all so much. You mean so much to me. I hope that the last week and some change of Mercury retrograde is good to you. I hope that we can all listen to Sekhmet and just embrace our inner strength as much as possible and know that we are victorious and that we are courageous and that we can take on anything and we can handle anything coming our way, especially when we all have each other there for support. If you want to talk to me, the bad witch podcast at gmail.com, uh, Facebook group, search bad witch link is down below in the episode notes. I don't know why I said down below. I can see YouTube video. So weird. I guess it is below the cover art right in the description. Anyway, um, the answer is the craft. You have to put the craft at this point for me to let you in before I, you know, there wasn't a question that was like kind of lenient about it. But we are at like 192 people and I really need you to put the craft just so I know that we can remain a safe space of people that actually listen to the podcast. If you have submitted already, um, I believe you can go and click on it and still answer the question. And I think you also can change your answer. But if you have it, just remove the request and then send the request, the request back with the craft. I will let you write in. I promise. We're almost at 200 members. That's so exciting. Um, we're over 20,000 downloads. I don't even know what to do with y'all. This is crazy. <laughs> it's so amazing. Um, you're amazing. Wow. Just wow. May you all have a very blessed Leo season because this fire is coming through and yo witch is feeling it. And finally, patreon.com slash bad witch for your readings, for your bonus episodes, for shout outs, for witchy mail, all kinds of fun stuff. So yeah, sign up if you want. Send an email if you want. Join the Facebook group if you want. Get me on Twitter or Instagram if you want. It's whatever you want, babes. All right, you deserve good. I love you. Good luck with Mercury. I, I'm going to send all of this like good stuff I've been having having happen and just push it y'all's way because um, I think I'm a little converted. I think I believe that Mercury retrograde is a good thing now. <laughs> it only takes one time for me to be like, oh, no, I've totally changed my stance on this. <laughs>
doesn't. I, it doesn't take much. All right. Blessed be my loves. And until next Wednesday, goodbye.